All right. Hello there, and uh, thanks for tuning in to uh, StayCurious.org podcast, episode number four. Uh, I'm the uh, the voice on the mic. My name is Hakey, uh, and for those that, that for the first time listeners, welcome. For those that uh, are tuning in again, hello. Uh, this episode, my special guest is a longtime friend, uh, big time Browns fan, Ohio native. And one of the, the actual inspirations behind this project, uh, this dude I've known uh, since I moved to Ohio uh, from Europe back in 1990. I've played baseball with him. Uh, I've drank beers with him. I've had a lot of uh, school and higher education, if you will, with him. Uh, and again, big inspiration. My big friend, my lovable friend. Uh, Mr. Doug Wickard. Hey, how are you doing, buddy? Hey, glad to be here. Welcome back to the Midwest. I uh, hope the West Coast didn't make you too soft here. No, I was soft before that, my friend. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. So, so uh, we're going to talk uh, benefit corporations, B Corps versus nonprofits, uh, and how they can impact uh, the ed tech world and uh, just business in general. But before we dive in, uh, tell me, how how are you doing? How's 2020? Uh How's the fam? How, how's your health? How's everything? Well, 2020 has been great for me. I know most people like to go out and hang out with other people and go places. For me, my favorite thing to do is sit around at home or work out in my nursery or tend my roses or uh, grow crops. So this uh, takes away from people asking me to do things, uh, making me go out places and spend money. So this year has been a blessing for me. So basically, 2020, with the exception of uh, potential impacts with working from remote, sounds like it was like just another year in your world. Well, even into the work situation has been great because we got to work for ho- from home for three or four months, and now we're actually back doing it. So that saves me 500 miles on my truck a week. I commute two, out, two to two and a half hours every single day. So that has been excellent as well. Perfect, perfect, perfect. And... Uh, the, you, you, we're we're going to do a couple episodes today, so uh, we'll get into the farming and your green thumb there uh, in the next episode. But let me let me ask you this uh, from a business standpoint, you know, just from you working, you said that you were remote for a while, but overall, uh, has your industry, your profession kind of been disrupted that much or has it just kind of been like a, 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 a Kansas City shuffle, like a little bit of like, eh, eh? Well, I work in electrical distribution, and we've uh, seen quite a few shakeups. Uh, the year started off great through January and February. We were up over our projections for the year, and up probably eight to ten percent year over year for a six billion dollar company. That's uh, that's doing well. Um, once mid March hit, everything started getting shut down. Uh, a lot of our projects were our hospital projects and education projects which obviously they didn't want people in their buildings. So that really slowed down our contractors. It also slowed down our hospital end users that are uh, building new buildings, putting in new data centers. Um, that slump, we were probably down 30 to 40% year over year in March and in April. May, we kind of clawed it back to maybe 25 or 20% below expectations. And uh, that's kind of been a graph up. We've been rising uh, until we reach this uh, latest point where we have uh, another more COVID going on. So there's more shutdowns going on, but fortunately it hasn't hit the business as bad as March and April. So it sounds like you've adapted, kind of overcome, kind of like 
still still trucking still the numbers might might not, might not be there but uh i would think in the especially in the ed tech uh and the hospital side of things electrical especially with all the remote learning you guys are still going to be fucking moving strong uh with projections a, a, a ahead correct Absolutely. Yeah. If uh, people are working remotely, they still have to buy patch cords and all kinds of other things to make their build a business run. So, and in terms of hospitals, a lot of them were building, uh, building smaller facilities to be able to house COVID patients. So that kind of helped out in, in the earlier months as well. That was actually pretty scary, man. I mean, I remember when I first moved here, uh, you know, you know, I just got to Cleveland in March, mid-March, I've uh, been in San Diego for, you know, 14 years prior to that, making my visit, seeing my family. But uh, I remember when I got to Cleveland, um, brand new here, sight unseen, been here for three or four days. And, you know, o Ohio was one of the first states to shut down. Uh, and my mom and I were out uh, having, a, having a bite to eat, trying to buy furniture for this little uh, pad of mine. And uh, the, the, the lady, she was like, hey, she's like, you might want to get some food to go. Uh, because all the bars and stuff are shutting down at nine, uh, and I and I told my mother uh, prior to uh, you know the day like I had just been in San Diego four days before, and that was the first time that I was like kind of scared of the news and the pandemic. You know, you read the news and you get a little, oh, this is bullshit. This is a little bit uh, they're overhyping it. But for whatever reason, I was skeptical. Um, I actually was sick and uh, had the had the COVID uh 99.9% had it back in December. Uh I had been traveling for 4 or 5 weeks between San Diego, Boston, New Orleans and and uh Cleveland and I got back to San Diego on Christmas Day and uh I was sick, dude. I mean, I just knew it. Uh I couldn't have my typical, you know, six or seven cocktails on the flights. Uh I was only ha only had 3 or 4 um and I got home and I was sick for three weeks and I you know two weeks into it I went to the the uh, urgent care and they swapped me um but they told me they're like look you don't have the flu you have something like the flu but I remember loss of taste uh disorientation uh, you know some very you know symptom the symptoms were there now uh but you know no confirmation test exactly um and and long story short though is fast forward to here in Cleveland going back to what you said about the medical, uh, you know, kind of like pop-ups, if you will, I started seeing like, they were basically like infirmaries, you know, like temporary, like come here, you're going to die. Like, and that, and that was scary. So, you know, uh, a rant, I guess, on the success of the electrical business and like you adapting with your business aspect of things. But do you see, let me ask you this, with these projections, with the hospital, with the, the ed tech, what is your personal take on the pandemic in terms of is this the new way of life? Do you think we're going to go back to like any type of normalcy and how close to that normalcy do you think we will go back to? Yeah, I think this is going to change things uh, forever. I think a lot of parents are probably taking a look at how schooling has been done previously and they may want to become more involved now, kind of seeing what their students have been learning. Um, there might be more people schooling from home um, because basically you don't have to be in a classroom, especially with not only the pandemic situation, but all the violence that was going on in schools previously before the pandemic started. Uh, I think, uh, think that just basically scared people off. I, I, would, I would be surprised if uh, more people weren't schooling from home as a result. 
absolutely. I think that's definitely the the, the, the wave of education. Um, and we'll get into that in another episode, uh, the difference between schooling and education. Uh, like I said before, um, our history is long, 20 years plus, my friend. Uh, and again, I, I mean this from the most sincerest part of my heart. You're one of the brilliant minds that I know. Uh, very, very inspirational, very uh, educational, very smart man. Uh, the dialectic thinking that this project is designed to kind of help inspire, not even a front, inspired by you, my friend, from the John Taylor Gatto stuff to uh, just the way that you operate. So I, I, it's, a, it's a pleasure to sit here and, and chat. Well, believe it or not, I've learned more from you than you probably have from me. So oh, come on. I've enjoyed our time together. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, we'll have to get into the shenanigans of, on another podcast with Mr. Wickard here. But uh, for now, we're going to go uh, transition into Benefit Corporation for this episode. Um, I sent you some literature and some information uh, you know, a few days ago about uh, Benefit Corporations versus B Corp certified businesses and obviously you know about nonprofits. Um, by no means am I a subject matter expert, but... I have spent a lot of time reading about this stuff, uh, and you know this is part of where having you on has been is is hopefully going to lead some to some new ideas. Um, you know, I did hear about this in 2013. A benefit corporation is nothing new in terms of um, concept. It didn't happen overnight. Um, I think the first one was in Delaware or Vermont, maybe in 2011. Um, and you know, just tell me. I guess, from what you read, the little bit that you read, um, what, what, what's your thoughts on the B Corp movement, if you will? Well, my first thought on it was uh, I'm surprised banks let it go through. As we know, anytime a company goes public, um, the banks own the majority of the company until they decide they want to sh- sell off those IPO shares. Basically, the benefit corporation, instead of totally focusing on financial issues, it involves kind of expanding out the fiduciary duties to other stakeholders, whether it be your employees or environmental concerns or social concerns. So it seems to me that it, the way they word the corporations um, would kind of take power away from banks, which control the whole financial system. That, that's uh, an actually interesting take, and I mean, I, I'm not going to lie, I, I didn't even think of it from that angle. Um, I, uh, I'm de- I need to do some more homework uh, because I did not think uh, of, of it from that angle. You know, I, I'm coming from a hippie kind of old soul, you know, after seeing the Enron thing and all these corporate 500 companies kind of like piss away people's uh, – um, you know, retirements and everything. I, as soon as I saw it with this concept of, you know, stay curious with this project, if you will, I was like dilly-dallying between nonprofit and, uh, you know, LLC or, 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 or sole prop. Um, and then my knowledge at the time was only S-Corp, C-Corp. But then, you know, my curiosity, for the lack of a better term, you know, got the best of me. And I, I stumbled across this B-Corp uh, movement. Um, and... Um, it's interesting. So I noted I will have to see just do 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 some more information on 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 that side of how it passed. But I do know um, I don't know if you if you got into all the articles or if you did your own digging. You no, know, uh, there is a difference. There's there's two there's two things. There's the benefit corporation, which is a legal entity, which is only in I think about thirty, maybe thirty five states right now plus DC. Um, 
uh, and other states do have legislation in, in, in motion to kind of like adopt these legal entities. Um, and then there's the B Corp certified. Um, you know, I'll, I'll give you a quick just difference on the two. But, so, you know, the benefit corporation, um, there are similarities between benefit corporations and B Corp certified businesses. Um, the, but there are drastic differences also. Um, and, and, ag- and again, with the, you know, the, the whole B Corp movement, if you will, is based upon, you know, impact investing, uh, purpose uh, or, or profit with purpose, if you will. And I, I, I you know, Ben and Jerry's is the, uh, you know, the, the poster child for the B Corp movement. Um, everybody fucking loves ice cream. And these two, you know, kind of hip hippies, uh, you know, started their ice cream business, you know, back in the late 70s, early 80s, selling ice cream from their, uh, you know, their VW bus. And they actually had <coughs> super huge success, obviously. I, I mean, I can't tell. I don't know uh, anyone that hasn't had Ben and Jerry's. And if, you, if you're an ice cream hater, um, so sorry, you're missing you're missing out. Uh, I mean, I can definitely understand being lactose intolerant, but uh, I mean, it's worth the gamble. It it totally is worth the worth the gamble and the uh, the smell that comes afterwards. Um, but uh, you know, Ben and Ben and Jerry's um, huge success in the ice cream world. Um, they ultimately were the pioneers for the B Corp movement. They you know they they grew their business, became super successful, um, but had a very big thumb in the philanthropy side of things with their employees with the environment um you know they they had a lot of nonprofit uh kind of values if you will but they're businessmen they went from guys selling ice cream in their van to businessmen fast forward to i think it was like in the early 2000s um <clears throat> i think they were uh in in a in a bidding war or some I, you know apologize for the the technical aspect of things the the lack of uh, but uh, they were going to be – they were selling. And, um, you know, one of the companies that uh, was was offering them, you know, money to, to buy the company, the, they didn't have the, the aligned values that they had with the economic, with the environment, with the people, with the, you know, the philanthropy side. And the, the second buyer uh, did. Um, but they were told that if they sell to the le- second lowest bidder, they're going to be sued because, as you mentioned, you know, as, a, as an S-corp or a C-corp, as a business, uh, you are kind of legally responsible to maximize profits for your shareholders. And th- so this is where the whole B-corp movement came along. Um, I don't know. I don't think they're B-corp. I don't think they're a benefit corp. I don't. Sh- I, I, I know they b- got b- bought by Unilever, uh, which is a European kind of, distributor of i guess everything it's either that or johnson and johnson's i guess um yeah they're like a european proctor and gamble yeah exactly 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 um but uh ben and jerry's uh were able to get b corp certified um and so again that's you know triple bottom line people plan a profit so those values were allowed um and so and and the difference i guess we should well let me finish about ben and jerry's because i love my ice cream too uh, they ultimately sold to Unilever, got bought by Unilever, had B Corp certified, um, and still to this day, uh, still are B Corp certified. And uh, that, that I guess that's a great uh, transition because the difference between the B Corp certification, um, which is you can get in any state, you can be a C Corp, an S Corp, an LLC. Um, the LLC, I'm not sure, but you can 
become B Corp certified. Now you have to pay for that certification, um, and it is pricey, um, and it is something that is. I, I I've talked to B Labs um, specifically about this because you know I'm registered in California as a benefit corporation, um, and I looked about getting the B Corp certified. Uh, but they told me you typically don't get B Corp certified until you have three to four years of success, you know, profit. And because it is a cert, uh, it is stringent. Um, they are the one of many third party standards to kind of um, that, you know, you have to take this annual assessment, if you will, um, to, to make sure you're, you're meeting your specific purpose and your general purpose. Um, as And then seven years into this project, uh, I've just lost money. I've hand over fist <laughs> not even a lie so if you're listening you're going to get an advertisement from staycurious.org at the end of this podcast to buy my bands buy a band build a brand and engage your brain um but anyways the uh the the, the b corp certification is interesting because you know you can get that down in texas you can get that down in states that don't have the certification um but it is in simple form like an organic label um so you you buy it which is great um, and I'm not sure about the, the, the fiduciary responsibility. I don't know if you saw the difference between the B Corp move, uh, B Corp entity versus B Corp certification. Did you see anything? I was likely confusing the two. Uh, I was having trouble just seeing where that B Labs part of the uh, article was coming in. So that, that kind of confused me a little bit. Yeah, so the B, B Lab is, uh, I, I, from my understanding, they're the entity that helped like, write the legislation write the white paper of like what it means um and 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 they're kind of like the guide if you will but they're cons they're like the uh the poster child for uh the third party standard but there are other third party standards out there um but they are typically like the godfather if you will because they were the ones that created it everyone else is just cloning copying pasting their standards and it's actually interesting you know um whether you have a b corp certified or a benefit corp you have to take an annual uh, assessment, and it's a scoring. And it's not a pass or fail. It's just like, what can you do to improve? Um, but again, if you're a successful company and, and you have you know, profit coming in and, and you know, shareholders, any type of shareholder has to get a copy of this report um, annually. Um, fortunately, you know, I did incorporate prematurely, but uh, I, get the, I get the pleasure of writing an annual benefit report, typing it up, taking a test, seeing how poorly we did, seeing what room is there for improvement and then emailing it to myself. So it's an, it's a nice little way to play with myself, if you will, on, <laughs> on, from a business sense. It's a new set of Legos. I get to do the same thing with my uh, sole proprietorship nursery. Get to do all my financials and everything at the end of the year. It's, uh, it's always a good time. Hold a conference call with myself, maybe have a couple drinks. Absolutely, absolutely. Happy hour, uh, solo happy hour is kind of <laughs> enjoyable these days, especially in quarantine. But, you know, we're going back to the Benefit Corp to kind of like wrap this up, you know, in, in this episode, you know, the, the, the part of what I want to share about with people listening is that, you know, the, the reason that this project, StayCurious.org, was created as a Benefit Corp was to hopefully, you know, with I didn't see the pandemic coming. I didn't see um, the kind of landscape where we were with education, with, with living. Uh, the idea, I've always been a passionate learner. I've met people that are passionate, lifelong learners, autodidacts of the sorts. Um, and, you know, the, the, the big thing with the Benefit Corporation is as a legal entity, um, you know, being incorporated in California, um, 
I have bylaws, articles of incorporation. And I know this is like kind of boring layman kind of business talk, but that was an educational experience to me. You know, back in 2013 when I was incorporating, I was like shopping around for lawyers. Every lawyer I talked to, I was like, look, I want to form a benefit corporation. Here's the idea, inspiring self-directed learning with, the, you know, the use of technology, you know, building a brain brand, et cetera. Um, and everyone I spoke to was like, oh, you mean a nonprofit? And I was like, no. I went to H&R Block after I got incorporated. You, you're talking about a nonprofit. I'm like, no, I am for profit. There is no train. There is no hidden agenda here. The benefit corporation is for profit, but profit with purpose. And the, you know, the 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 interesting thing about the benefit corp, and especially being in California, was um, they were like I think the second or third state. You know, the the big thing is is that, uh, you know. Transparency is huge. Um, this this is where the annual benefit report comes in. And if, 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 if you want, I got my little corporate binder over here to show you to you just to see it. Like I had to send articles of incorporation in, get them signed by the state. You know, I create my bylaws. I, you know, hopefully this, this, this project catches on. I can hire people and kind of build a community, if you will, like a Livestrong. But instead of Livestrong, you know, Livestrong is a classic example. Like I am not going to, you know, sugarcoat this. Like if I had the funds and resources for, as a PM, I would like to build it out with, you know, as Livestrong, similar to Livestrong, but, you know, curing boredom, if you will, instead of cancer. Um, but also, uh, I, I, I want to make money. I, I, I want to make a living. And I want to incorporate people who also want to make a living but are passionate about making a living. You know, I mean, you open this corporate bylaws. I issued 10 million shares of common stock and authorized a million. I don't even know what the fuck that means. I know that a million stock out of a, a company that is valued at zero is nothing, but I'm ex inspired to kind of keep learning and, 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 and kind of keep moving forward with it. But, uh, you know, that's more business stuff on the, on the back end. But this is, you know, this episode is definitely more, you know, educational for what a benefit corporation is. And, you know, I'm interested in your take, you know, with the finance side, um, the, the stock side. Do you have any suggestions, tips, um, and, you know, kind of operational-wise? Because I do want to say this. As a benefit corporation, there are no tax benefits right now. Um, the, the benefit corporation entity, again, 30-plus states plus D.C., no tax breaks. Even if you have the B Corp certification, no tax breaks. As a, as a uh, business owner, small business owner startup, ed tech startup, I'm an S Corp. So the IRS sees me as an S corp. So up until I get a hundred shareholders or whatever the hell it is, you know more about S corp than C corp. I mean, w your turn. Okay, uh, piggybacking on your earlier points. Yeah, I would say the benefit is mainly you have more latitude to be moral and have good ethics in terms of how you want to run your own business, as opposed to a banker if you're getting financing from them telling you what you're going to do, which in their mind, it will always be maximized profit. Whereas you have the latitude to put your employees first, or if you want to uh, say you do something that might damage the environment, you can avoid that instead of just maximizing profit. So I think that's where the real benefit comes in. And as you mentioned, there's no tax benefit or anything. Not yet. Not yet. It's just a moral and ethical benefit. Absolutely. And I think that's, you know, Ben and Jerry's, again, is a poster child. Uh, Patagonia, 
uh, is, you know, kind of like a luxury kind of like uh, outdoor wear, like kind of North Face type of uh, gear. They're a benefit corporation, you know. Um, there are a lot of companies on this movement. Um, and, and, and again, I, I like to see this type of, uh, you know, kind of campaigning and, 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 and progression in business because I, I, I just feel that, you know, yes, we all want to make a living, make a buck or two. Um, I understand, uh, you know, I have a, an elementary knowledge of the, uh, the finance world, but, you know, the biggest thing that I can see with this is, is, is giving that latitude to make other decisions, you know, instead of maximizing profit. I mean, and I, and I think from a personal side of things, this is a, a another episode. Part of the reason why I incorporated so prematurely was, you know, I think it was like in 2012 or 2013, you know, uh, the Jobs Act came out, you know, micro-investing was kind of brought up uh and issued and I, I i think that was under obama i'm not sure uh miss you bud and uh but i guess it was like reducing the requirements for uh investing uh, i think is now it's like you have to have a million in assets or something like that that's another like i said i don't know the terms and conditions of the jobs act but you know from what i saw what that did is is doing is allowing you know, everyday people to kind of invest in small startups and i i i, th I, I do see the risk um but i also see the reward because you know there there's a you know you can align your values better versus just saying you know what here's my money go go tinker with it and send me a, a an email newsletter with how it's doing you know you can kind of see more uh organic involvement i guess yeah i would agree completely um well We'll wrap this one up, and we'll get uh, we'll, we'll we'll get on the uh, the ed tech one next, buddy. But um, any any kind of in in conclusion thoughts about the B Corp movement? Questions, concerns? Uh, you know, are you, you're an educated man. I mean, did did we hit this one at least half? Yeah, maybe forty percent. Forty percent. We don't want to give ourselves too much credit here. Yeah, right. Well, what what else? <laughs> what what other? Let me just general questions. I'll see if I can a answer them as a, a partial matter expert. I would say I'm just hopeful more people in the future that are starting businesses go this route instead of just going the going without it. Because again, anytime we can cut bankers out of there, more profits will be going to other shareholders like employees. We can help solve these issues of uh, poverty if more people are making more money. Absolutely, and you know that is actually one of the interesting things about. I mean, it's it is boring to read the articles of incorporation, the t t the bylaws, et cetera. But again, as a B Corp. Um, uh, benefit corporation i do have a specific purpose um and a general purpose and the general purpose is is there's like seven six or seven kind of items environmental employee you know uh there, I, I don't i wish i had them committed to memory but you fill in one or two you meet one or two of the general and then you have to have a specific benefit but again that is the the, the point here is to you know kind of create a company create profit but have a purpose besides profit you know and i i think that's the biggest thing i mean uh hopefully yeah hopefully a couple more people a couple more companies kind of take this way but uh you know it doesn't matter uh what you're doing just kind of as long as you're learning i guess and trying to you know think outside the box that's kind of where we are right now um well i guess uh that's it for this episode i think it's number four uh i want to say thank you to doug um looking forward to the next one that we're going to do we're going to take a little potty break here and then uh turn around another one but uh until then i appreciate you guys listening uh again please check out staycurious.org um 
it's a work in progress, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, whether you're a parent, a student, or just kind of like a, a life learner, autodidact, I don't know. I mean, if you're on the line, if you're on on the web listening, you know, click click the site. Uh, it's super simple. www.staycuriousoneword.org. Um, and just click the about page is coming along. The uh, the shop is coming along. Uh, we're constantly adding new content, but it is a one man show, one man operation right now. Um, and if you have any ideas, any kind of tidbits, any concerns, feedback, please, please find a way to, uh, you know, get a hold of us, uh, get a hold of me. Um, email information is on there. Instagrams. You know, it's the digital age right now. We live in a digital world, so hopefully you can navigate that pretty seamlessly, and then uh, we'll, we'll graciously take your feedback and criticism um, and, and, and play with it as, as we move forward. But, uh, again, thank you for listening. Uh, episode four in the books, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, until then, stay curious.